0: Welcome to the First Time Facilitator Podcast. Whether you're a first time facilitator or a seasoned pro, listen in for tips and tricks to make a bigger impact at the next workshop you deliver. And now, your host, Leanne Hughes. Hi everyone and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Leanne Hughes, and I'm here to help you create unpredictable workshop experiences that predictably work. Now we heard from Dr. Rebecca Southerns last week talking about how you can keep a workshop on track even if things don't go to script and next week on the show you'll hear a different side of me. Oh, I think this side has popped out a few times on the back catalogue of First Time Facilitator episodes, but um, that side is fangirl Leanne, gushing Leanne, who is full of praise uh, because my guest on next week's show is my ultimate hero and I'm so stoked that I connected with her. So you'll get to hear why she's so great on next week's episode. I can't wait to share that one. So stay tuned. Now, it's the in between week, so mixing up interviews with practical solo minisodes. Uh, But first, a really quick announcement. You may have heard on previous episodes. So, between March and June this year, I asked listeners to share how they use dice in their workshops. Now, what you wouldn't have known is that I was crafting my own little framework based on dice. Now, I'll continue to reveal a bit more about it later as I'm still finalising it, but I just wanted to share today. So my DICE framework, it's really an acronym that stands for D, driving, I, influential, C, contagious, E, experiences. So driving, influential, contagious experiences. What I'm interested in and really excited to help others on is how we can all you know play the game and roll the dice at meetings, workshops, events, and conferences, and in our everyday interactions at work. So if you're a manager, how can you drive influential contagious experiences during water cooler conversations or performance planning conversations or feedback conversations? So I'm really excited to help others to dice up our meetings, dice up our conferences and workshops. And to start, I want to help you dice it up. So between now and the 17th of July, I'm offering a limited number of free 30-minute DICE calls. I'm offering five of these. So first in best dressed. What this means is we'll hop on a Zoom call and I want you to come at me with either a problem or opportunity. So it could be that you've been asked to facilitate a session or an upcoming strategy day or you're coordinating an event or conference and you want to create or you want some ideas that that create a dice moments, So moments that are X factor, that are memorable. Look, you might just want some neat ideas on promotional items to give away or ways to make an upcoming, upcoming change initiative exciting, whatever it is, weaving themes through your MC gig. If you want ideas and you're interested in playing along, all you need to do is hop onto the show notes for this episode at firsttimefacilitator.com forward slash episode 73. Find the link to book in a time and we will have that call. Um, I love brainstorming and and my favorite topic of conversation is how can we make these presentations more impactful and engaging? So let me help you out. So the first five people, it's free. All I ask is that following the call, you give me some feedback on the process so I can get better at doing this. So um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. So hop onto that and book in. Okay. So now onto the practical tip for today's solo mini-sode. What I'm sharing is something I learned in a workshop I attended called Workshopping the Story Cookbook. Actually, if you're in Australia and want to attend the next one, uh, Catherine and Andrew are running it in Brisbane on the 27th of July, and I've got a link to that in the show notes as well for this. So what I wanted to share from that experience was the unique way that they started their workshop, and this helped solve a problem I had, and I don't think I'm the only facilitator who has ever had this problem. So the problem is you want to start your workshop or meeting on time but there are a few people who are late who just haven't arrived. Um, And these people could also be pretty influential people or you're just sort of waiting for 100% of the people who said they'd show up to show up. So what do you do? Do you start the meeting or workshop on time or do you delay? So early on in my career, when I was lacking experience and confidence, I always said, oh, look, we'll wait another five minutes. We'll wait, we'll wait, you know. But as I got older, um, I learned that you can set a culture through your everyday behaviours. And so by saying that we'd wait for the stragglers or people that were late, what I was signalling is that it was okay to rock up late to one of my meetings. And one of the things about me, it's one of my pet hates is people that are late for things and I'm trying to get over it, but I just love being on time. I love being early actually. Uh, I don't mind waiting around if I can keep myself occupied. And I guess because I love that, I expect other people to share that value for punctuality. I guess what's nice about the world though is that we're all so different and we have diverse perspectives and values. So I get that. But I guess why it gets hard or annoying when people are late as meeting leaders or facilitators is because the start of the workshop or meeting is usually really important um, because you cover things like the context of why you're all getting together. You know, you might include a story of why you're here, why you're gathering, um, what the latest update is. So when Tony decides to rock in 10 minutes late, you have to repeat it. It's the stuff that you've got to paraphrase because it's very important. And this can again chew up time. And it's kind of irritating for those who are present and are hearing it again. Or let's just talk about a workshop um, at the beginning of a workshop, you'll be giving some information on what you're covering through the day, uh, housekeeping. Housekeeping is not very exciting, but it is important. Uh, you're introducing yourself and you're using that opportunity when you're open to establish some credibility. So it is really important that people are there and starting right is really important. So you want to respect those who did the right thing and showed up on time But how do you balance that with also giving the right information at the right time for people that are late? Okay, so this is the thing I've struggled with. So if you listen to episode 60, uh, where I interviewed Andrew and Catherine, the authors of The Story Cookbook, they briefly alluded to this concept of the ragged start in that conversation. So I wanted to give that concept some more airplay today because I got to experience the ragged start at their workshop. When I arrived at their workshop on Saturday morning, it was scheduled for a 10 a.m. start. I got there around 9.50 because, as I said, I like getting to places early. So what I was welcome to when I walked in was a very welcoming environment, nice natural light, a tea and coffee station with some snacks. There was a table there where I could write um, my own sticky label name tag, And there were no tables. So I guess before I walked in, I was envisaging a classroom with tables and chairs like every other workshop, right? Um, But there were no tables. It was just chairs that were scattered around. And they had flip charts posted around the room asking questions like, what's your best, you know, what's your favorite movie or favorite book? Uh, Another flip chart. And it wasn't like one solo page. They had four pages. And the question was in the middle. Um, One of them was, what are your hopes for today? Another one was, what does community building mean to you? And there were these these comments in these word bubbles and we were encouraged to grab flip chart pens that were scattered around, post-it notes and add our thoughts to these flip charts. So it was just a really welcoming space. And because there was time you'd introduce yourself to fellow participants and you'd have something to talk about because you were doing things and engaging with activities in the room. Now, this ragged start went on for about 15 minutes and then we were asked to take our seats. What that meant was if anyone arrived late, like the five or 10 minutes late, it did not matter because they were absorbed into the conversation when they arrived and they didn't really miss anything critical. So, what I observed Catherine and Andrew do really well was was set the expectation right. So, we're all so used to arriving on time, taking our seat and waiting expectantly for the facilitator or the expert in the room to leap in up the front and run it. What the Ragged Start does was it creates an environment that shifts the expectation from expert up the front of the room to, uh, I guess, a community feel where we were all learning from each other. Now, this type of start, I think it could be a little intimidating if you are an introvert, but what Catherine and Andrew did was they met each participant individually. They gave them instructions and things to do. They invited them to grab a cuppa and walk around the room exploring each of the different stations. So they created a really welcoming and warm environment through uh, the way they greeted everyone. Okay, so I'm – now I'm really excited next month I'm facilitating some leadership sessions in Hong Kong and I'm going to start using this approach. So I'm thinking of creating stations with some key questions, things like, you know, related to leadership. So what's one word you think of when you hear the words great leadership or courageous leadership? And also some general questions like some of the questions we use in our icebreakers. Uh, If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? questions that are simple and fun to answer that people don't mind answering in public and that can also stimulate a great conversation. Now you can also use this to appeal to different learning styles so not just you know pen and paper maybe you could have a table with something tactile like Play-Doh or Lego people can just play with Um, maybe a bright jigsaw puzzle perhaps like I've also toyed the idea with the idea of bringing in a musical instrument like an electronic keyboard in But I thought that may be a bit OTT uh, over the top. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's a good way to start the day, especially if it's over a two-day workshop. For the second day, for day two, I don't think I will have a ragged start. It'll be the start time is the start time. But I think for day one, it's a really nice way to ease in and set the standard. Like, hey, we're going to be learning from each other. I'm here to guide you, but the knowledge is in this room. So let's let's, let's go with it. If you also want to scale this down for a meeting, then all you need to do and really consider is covering off non-vital things at the beginning of your meeting. So even going around the room and asking a question like, hey, what's been a highlight for you this week? So you're kicking off the meeting. It's a relationship building type of activity, but it's not a question that's so critical that everyone needs to be there. You can still get value from the people that you've got in the room. And when, then when everyone arrives, you kick it off with talking about the context and reason for meeting. Another great tool I noticed recently was when I co-facilitated with Brendan Croucher in central Queensland. Uh, so as we were coming back from lunch, Brendan quickly opened up his laptop and decided to show a video. Now he started playing the video about two minutes before everyone was due back. And the video went for about four to five minutes And it was a type of video that you didn't need to watch it from the beginning. You could drop in at any time of the video and it was funny. You could pick it up. I think it was the comedian uh, Michael McIntyre where he does a video skit on people with the same name. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's really funny. And I thought that was a really neat effect and that it signaled to everyone that we were getting underway because you've got the video sound on, the lights are dimmed. But if someone was late back, it didn't really matter too much because all they were doing was missing the video. And as a facilitator, you also didn't need to sit through that awkward, oh, do we get started or not thing, which gets to us sometimes. And I just, I don't like that. So, hey, what a cool strategy video was. Another thing that you can do that may help people or prevent them from showing up late in the first place, prevention's always better than cure, Uh, is setting your meeting or workshop to start at a precise time. So when people hear or have a calendar appointment for 9am, they think, oh, that's cool, I'll leave my desk at 8.59, I'll grab the lift down and uh, it's okay, I'll get in a few minutes late, it's 9am. But if you set a meeting to start at 9.03am, that's pretty precise, right? So, Sean D'Souza from Psychotactics, who I've featured on the show, who I talk a lot about, he does this. Um, he said in his earlier days that he would have these, um, these workshops that would start at 9.03 and if people weren't there at 9.03, they would close the doors and they would leave a sign out the front saying that the doors were closed and to try again next week. <laughs> um, he said that no one ever showed up late again. So I don't think you need to be that hard or tough or brutal. I love it, but I don't know if I'd be comfortable doing it. Um, but I think that's a really neat tip: is just using a precise time like 9.03. And I do it when I ask people to come back. So after morning tea, I'll say, look, look at your, look at your watch. It's uh, 10.15. Let's all come back here at 9.32 a.m. And people remember that like 9.32. It, they're interested. Like why? I said, it's 9.32. And uh, people make it by then. Okay, so those are a few of my thoughts about what we can do to start either preventing people from showing up late or accepting that people will show up late, but using other strategies. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, What kind of things do you do when you're waiting for someone to arrive to your workshop? Do you wait for them? Do you start? What do you do in that downtime? Love to hear your thoughts as always. So send me a DM on Instagram at Leanne Hughes or add me and message on LinkedIn. I'm also sharing quite a few videos on LinkedIn this week related to these topics. So um, yeah, let me know your thoughts. Look, I'm always up for new strategies and I love learning from you as much as I hope you enjoy listening to these podcasts. And I look forward to sharing my interview next week. So chat to you then. And look, if you're still listening in the meantime, if you do like the show, I'd love you to help out and get the word out to other people. So, there are a few ways you can spread the word. Uh, you can simply send them a link to firsttimefacilitator.com or leave a rating and review in iTunes to boost the public presence of the show. Thanks, First Time Facilitators. Chat next week.